It is wonderful to be here with you in this beautiful cold country. It's a cold country. Please admit it. <laughs> we got up this morning early. Uh, not early, early, but uh, it was before. Uh, we got to the station at about uh, just, just after, just before 8. And, uh, and there was a little bit of a wind blowing in. It was freezing. And you see some other guys walking around there just with a flimsy top on, and you wonder where the, do they come from. Were they born in the South Pole or North Pole or something? But do you understand my, my accent? You're right with it? Okay. And, uh, yeah, we, we from, as you know, from South Africa. Any other South Africans here? Oh, my goodness. And this side? Yeah, wonderful. Welcome. And, um, and also, uh, to those who didn't understand what I said, I just said, welcome. May the Lord bless you today. And, uh, let us be blessed by the Lord. It's lovely to be in, in a place where, where, you, where the Lord is worshipped and we just say thank you for all he's done in our lives and I'm sure what he's going to be doing in your lives and he's, what he's still going to be doing. Uh, and my wife, Beryl, over years. We've been married now for next year. It'll be 50 years. 50 years. But... We, we're still on 49, so we're not quite there yet. And uh, we got, uh, Bill, Bill wants to come and tell you about the grandchildren and our family. Hi, everybody. It's so lovely to be here. It's so warm and welcoming here. And uh, we feel like we've come home. You know, um, I think the pride, you were saying what's better than five, five children, you know. And I think there's nothing more precious than family. And uh, we've been blessed with a son and a daughter. I would have loved to have had many more, but I've got a heart defect, so I couldn't have more than two children. So I'm very pleased for you that you were able to have five. Um, And our son was a pastor in uh, Maidstone in Kent. He had a church there for many years, and now he's called back to South Africa. And we're very happy about that, so we can have all our little chickens back in South Africa and he's married to Heather, and they've got two girls, and they've both finished school now, and they're back in South Africa also uh, with him uh, in the area of George, which is a beautiful area for those that know South Africa on the coast. You know, they just see the sea every day and the beautiful white sands, and, you know, you're suffering for the gospel there, you know. And uh, we've got a daughter, and they've got three little boys, Ryan, Stuart, and Mark. And they're all teenagers at the moment. And uh, my daughter's a little thing like this, so all the boys are outgrowing her, you know, and she's got to look up at them and say, well, you better listen to your mom, and because uh, she's very small. And they all love the Lord. They serve the Lord. And we love our grandchildren so much. We love being with them. And when you get a little WhatsApp from your, daughter, from your granddaughter saying, Nana, I can't wait for you to arrive I'm taking you out for tea, and I've got lots to tell you. Then my heart just gets very warm and excited. So it's so lovely being here with you. 
um, and being with family. And I actually have a word for you, which I'm going to share a bit later, about family. But I just sense God is just welling up something in my spirit as I'm sitting here because there's such a, such a touch and presence of the Lord here. So I just want to say thank you for inviting us. Well, um, my, my son is now 48 years old. And my daughter is now 44, and that makes us around about 88 somewhere. <laughs> Not quite. But um, just a little bit about LL Ministries. LL Ministries is a, is a ministry that started here in England, in Lancaster, just outside Lancaster, uh, in a, a little village called LL. And... Uh, and so it is near between Lancaster and Garstang. I don't know if you know the northern parts of the, the country. And uh, so it's a, they've got a lovely old ho- ho- uh, homestead there uh, called LL Grange. And uh, that's, that's where the name LL can, comes from. Uh, but what LL actually means, apparently in Hebrews, because L is the name of God, it's like God of God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, you know. And also in... Um, uh, that's 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 uh, that's Hebrew. It also means love flowing outwards um, in in the old Cantonese language, and also in Hebrew it also means uh, towards God. But LL apparently uh, is an old English word, a word for all hail. So we don't hear, hear those words anymore these days, all hail. When we only sing about in some of the hymns, I see that they still sing about all hail, King Jesus. But, but it's not the words that we use these days. And LL Ministries uh, was started by Peter Horrigan, and uh, he's, uh, uh, he's uh, got a ministry uh, to, well, the Lord, he's never, he was never a pastor himself, but the Lord showed him how to bring healing into people's lives. And... Uh, and people that are and uh, people that have been not only healed with because we, when I think of healing, I think of people that are that are that are sick and physically sick and and they need healing. But actually, healing is much broader than that. You know, if we are emotion in emotional pain, we sometimes need healing from emotional pain. Uh, and and we and this uh, if we are if we are full of fear, sometimes we need. Healing of fear, and, and sometimes we need physical healing. But sometimes the, the the physical part of our of our sickness sometimes has a spiritual root. And when we do deal with the spiritual root, we see that the people get get healed. And so uh, so over the last thirty years, and we've just come back from Lancaster now, from LL up in LL Grange, where we celebrated our thirtieth anniversary. And, and uh, the ministry of LL has grown around the world. I think there were something like 32 countries represented. And it's, and it's just all over the world. I, and I just get so surprised every time. Every second year we get together and we, all the leaders from around the world come together and, uh, and we meet there. And it's just, just amazing how God is just touching into people's lives all over the world. And they are going out and they are spreading the gospel. Now, you know, when we, when we look at, at healing, uh, we see that the, 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 the first point of true healing actually started salvation. Salvation is part of our healing. 
salvation is that part of that when we receive Jesus, then he can start to work in our lives and bring healing to all parts of, of our lives. And, and I have a testimony of, of, of that type of healing, and I'm brittle as God also got a testimony. And I think we all got a testimony of how things started to change when we received the Lord. I only got saved when I was 40 years old, so I was, I was you know, and, and Beryl was just a little bit behind me, and so we were in the, really in the world just doing anything and everything, and, you know, it was not always the, the right stuff and the good stuff. And, and there was always a, a, an emptiness inside. And in this, in this emptiness, we're trying to fill this emptiness. And it, some of it came out of a bottle, you know, like, oh, I love my beer stuff, you know. And, and, uh, and, and, and we're just always on the search for, to have this fulfillment. And, uh, and when we received the Lord when I was 40 and uh, we, we, just, we just saw that, you know, we didn't need some of this stuff anymore. You know, because now I'm getting fulfilled with something else, and I didn't. We didn't need that, and so, and so when when uh, when I started to change, people say, "What has happened to you?" And so I said, "Well, what do you think has happened to me? What has happened to me?" Says so you're different, and uh, and then I was able to say, "Well, maybe it's because," and I would I would just give them my testimony of what it, what happened to my life. But so many things just changed for me. That uh, that I had to make. Sometimes I have to make. You have to make decisions to actually want to change things. Because even after salvation, you can after receiving the Lord, you can still do the things that you did before, and and it, and sort of that that guilty stuff comes up inside. And 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 before that, I never had the guilt because my nerve ends. My conscience ends, nerve ends, can I put it that way, had been seared so much that it, whatever you did, what was wrong, so what? You know, the name Jesus was just a, well, we used, to, we used it as a swear word sometimes, you know, and, uh, and so, and so when, when we stopped that, it's just like the Lord just started pouring things into, 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 into my life, which was just so different. And, and our circumstances started to change, even. And when you, when you start realizing that, that when all these circumstances and, and your things in your life start to change, you, you start to realize, man, there is something. God is doing, just doing something in our lives. And it just carried on and on and on with, with just blessing and blessing. And You don't just want to receive the Lord for blessing, or you don't want to see God just to get to heaven. That's not, that's not the issue. Actually, receiving Jesus is a way of life. <coughs> and so the way of life that you, we have on earth, yeah, it's just, I wouldn't say heaven on earth, but uh, it was just so much better because we still live in a fallen world. We're still susceptible to, to doing wrong things. We still, we still, in South Africa, we have a lot of crime. You're still susceptible to crime. But we can actually pray protection over ourselves and, and we don't, we're, not, we're not there with fear and we don't have all that because, you know, and we're not stupid about where we travel and go to the wrong places. You've got to be wise in what we do and you've got to be, you've got you to sometimes even ask the Lord, should I go there? You know, and, and sometimes he says yes and sometimes he says keep away from that. <clears throat> so, so when our lives d- did change, 
and uh, uh, and we if we were eventually called into the into the ministry. We were pastors in Pretoria for 12 years at, at a rather big church. We had about 6,000 members, and <laughs> we were 28 full-time pastors. So it was a, a huge, a huge church. And uh, but when he called us out of that to to come into LL Ministries, because that was our heart. This is what LL Ministries does was our heart, and we couldn't really flesh it out because the senior pastor was on another different track somehow. And so we had to make a decision, you know, you either got to go with that or, or go where God's calling you. So eventually we, we resigned and, and we came to LL. And in, in the year 2000, we were here at Pierpont, just down at Farnham there, and we were there, and we were starting sitting under those teachings. And I was listening to the teachings. Now, I've been a, we've been a Christian for a number of years. We've been, I've been a pastor for 12 years. And, and I started to realize that there were things in my life, and Bill perhaps a little bit too as well, but more me. There were things in my life that I'd never actually dealt with. And it was still underlying. It was still there. And, uh, and I just felt the Lord saying, Derek, I want you to go back to, LL, to, 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 I want to go back to South Africa, and I want you to establish this ministry in South Africa. But I cannot use you as you are. And, you know, I just had to make a decision. So, Lord, I want to get rid of all the stuff. All the stuff that's, that's still hindering me, my walk. And, uh, and I went to Bill and we chatted about it. And, <clears throat> and just everything that was still secret, you know, that still was still never been spoken about. We, we, we spoke about these things. And, uh, and, uh, and God eventually came through for us. It was a tough time. But you know what? The greatest part of our healing started there. <clears throat> and we, we just, we just say, so, so thankful for the Lord. And we're going to talk about this, this healing today. But it's not only the, the, the healing I've been speaking about. Because some of the stuff, and you, as, well, as I give you the scriptures, you'll see that some of it comes through, some of our physical stuff comes through spiritual issues. And the spiritual things that we allow in our lives sometimes has a, has a, a physical outworking. And, uh, and we're going to talk about, about those things today. So, sickness and disease. If you've got any issues or problems, just grab a piece of paper somewhere and just write, write whatever sickness, disease, issue of life that you have. Just write it on a piece of paper because we're going, to, we're going to pray over those pieces of paper. I don't want you to give it to me. I just want you to write it down. You can take it home with you. But just go and write it down and we're going to pray over those things. But by you writing it down, it's just, you are just saying to the Lord, Lord, these are my issues. Will you come and touch into these issues of my life? So as, I'm, as we're talking, just, just write these things down. Because uh, you, you might find that, that when we are really coming to the Lord with and we're saying, this is what I confess is wrong. Or, you see, God knows everything. There's nothing he doesn't know. So he knows everything that's wrong, what's happening. He knows the good, the bad, the ugly of our lives. And we thank God for the good. Uh, we don't particularly like the ugly. And we certainly want to get rid of of anything that's that's going to be a, a a hindrance to our walk into the future. 
And so we're going to be looking at that. I would just like to also just maybe just start off just by saying, how do we view church today? Um, <clears throat> because the way, the, way, the way we view church uh, can, can, can be as, as a result of how the world sees us. How the world sees church, how the world sees uh, and 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 responds to the name of Jesus Christ, how uh, the world responds to the word God. Uh, God, you can have you have many gods. There are many gods, but there's only one true God. And and people say, no, how can you be saying something like that? Well, you got to read through the scriptures to be able to see to see that, and then you experience what a, a loving God is, and you can see other gods are really angry gods. <laughs> and so we don't serve an angry God, although you can get angry with, with the injustices that take place. But can we see church as more than a, a place that you, that you come to like this? Because actually this is a facility, this is not church. Who's the church? You, here's the church. You're the church. That's the church. I'm the church. And we, we, this is the church that comes together to celebrate. So our, our mind, although we talk about I'm going to church, <laughs> it's actually the church going to a facility. And so we're to change our, what we see, how we see ourselves a little bit about who I am. And um, do, we, do, do, we, do we see church as a, as a safe place for people to come? Is this a, a safe place where uh, an unsafe person, a sinner, because we, we were all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all sinned. And, but we got to that place where we, not, not that we've stopped sinning altogether, but we got to the place where we say, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. Can you, will you help me? Can people come in here and feel safe? Now, it, I'm not saying feel safe in the surroundings. I'm talking about feel safe with me and feel safe with you. Can we, can we see us as that church that is a safe place to come? Is this a, a safe place where the hearts of the fathers can be restored to the children and that the hearts of the children be restored to the, to the fathers? Is this a safe place where we can do that? Is this a safe place where we're not going to kind of spread the stories about the, this person came and, you know what, they, they were into drugs and they were into pornography and they were into this and this and that. I don't want to come to a church where I can, I want to say, look here, I just want to confess this is my, my issue. And you're going to talk about it all over the place. And that's why a church has got a bad name. Because of the, the gossip. We need to have a church where it's safe for people to come. Is this a place where we can make disciples? And I believe it is a place where, where we can make disciples. And I, I know the, the heart of the pastors at, um, at Shofar, they have a heart to want to, to, to make disciples. Is it a safe place where people can come with the emotional needs and their pain? And so we need to, we need to say, oh, if it's not, I want to make this a safe place. And, you know, we need to say, God, you come and have your way. Can you imagine a place like this 
Uh, and it's got nothing to do with numbers. Absolutely nothing to do with numbers. When two or three are gathered in my name, he's there. It's got nothing to do with I'm not talking about numbers at all. But, but if, if somebody comes here and somebody has a significant healing, we've heard of some healings, that's significant. But if we, if we had people that get healed here and they start saying, I got healed, and they are the ones that go out there. If we have these couple of significant healings, oh, we do have enough faith for that. I tell you what, this place will be too small for you to meet when they know this is where I can come and I can, and I can give my all. <clears throat> we, need a, we need to see ourselves as a, as a spiritual hospital, actually. Spirit's hospital that has a that has a that has a physical healing outworking, and and when we have this physical working, uh, physical healing, we we will see that is, and we look at the gospels, we will see that as how Jesus operated. And, and people came, people came from. When he started to preach, people came from all over the place, all the villages, all the towns. He came because he what, he was, what was he doing? He was giving a different message. He was giving a message that was saying, you come to me, I'll, I'll help you. I'll not only get to heaven, but I will help you to get healed. I won't, but, but really, there's only one that you, you can come to heaven, is through me. Now, people get cross when you say that. And, I, and I, can under, I can understand, because we all want to believe that what we believe is, is right. But you know, there's also a thing that says, by their fruits you will know. And, and so, when we, look at, when we look at around the world today and we say, where are the fruits? Does your God really speak? And we see we have a God that speaks. He speaks into our heart. He speaks into our mind. He tells us what, what's to come. He tells us uh, uh, what to do, how to do it. And, and we, we just see when we, have a, when we talk about a God that actually speaks to you, then we, then we find that there is a, the, um, the gods out there that don't actually speak. They don't speak to you. And when we have, when we come to him and we say that, Lord, your word, and I'm quoting scripture here now, it says, your word is sharper than a double-edged sword. It's like a surgical scalpel that, that cuts into, between our, our soul and spirit. Now, there is no pole, there's no surgical scalpel that can do that, but it's like that, but a million, billion times better. Where, where God can bring healing where no pull is, can, can reach. And when his word becomes alive, because the word of God in the Bible, it's when you read it, when you, are, when you have the Lord Jesus in your heart and you read it, that word comes alive like I never knew. You know, when I first got saved, I, um, I was without a job for, a, for a, uh, two, three months. And Bill would go off to work, and the kids will go to, off to school. And I, would, I was into this word, and I was reading it. You know, I, at the age of 40, I jumped on my bed. 
I was by myself. <laughs> so I could do it. I actually jumped on my bed and I, and I shouted to the Lord, Lord, where have I been for 40 years? Because as you read, this word was coming up in, in me. It was just so alive. It was so real. And in this, I think God was doing lots of healing inside of me as well at the same time. Because, I, you know, I, I actually didn't, didn't want to go to work for now because I was so enjoying just, just being in the presence of God like this. Well, when we have a God that comes along in, in Zion, Isaiah 61 and, and, and Luke chapter 4 where he says that I have come to bind up the brokenhearted. Now who is here that's never been brokenhearted? Now, don't, you don't have to put up your hand. But sometimes that brokenheartedness sticks around there for a long time. You, we learn to live with brokenheartedness. Now the word broken in, in Isaiah 61 talks, it actually means shattered into many pieces. Like you take a glass, you drop it, it shatters into many people's pieces. That broken hearted is like our hearts are shattered into many pieces. And so he wants to bring all those pieces together and bring it and, and make us hope, whole again. It's not a, we don't serve a God that's from yesteryear. He's still alive. He still brings healing. He still touches. And we've seen significant healings. In our ministry that we have, we do this all the time. We pre- we're teaching more than preaching. We're just teaching the, the word. And, and people come and they, and they, and they uh, go through a little bit of a process. We help them to, to, uh, to understand the, the, the scriptures. And we help them to understand. We help them to forgive. We help them to... And I tell you what, we see the changes in people's lives like you never before. We see it daily. We see it weekly. We just, just amazed. And that's what we, we see it because we see it. We're just so excited about what God's doing. But He binds up the broken hearted. He, uh, he frees those in captivity, those who have been involved in the old cult, perhaps. Those who have been involved with Satanism and all these things, he wants to free us up from drugs and from, from everything that's, that's kept us in a, in a bondage situation. He wants to free us from the dark places. He brings healing to the sick. He cures diseases. Uh, he heals issues in our body and our soul and our spirit. We, we, are, we are made in th- of those three parts. Body and the soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and our, and our spirit, which is our human spirit. And he wants to bring healing into all three areas because through abuse, our spirit inside can be crushed. Have you heard of a crushed spirit? Have you heard that? Our spirit can be, can, be, can be damaged. And you know what? God wants us, the church, to help people to get healed. He wants all of us. Maybe we, maybe we need to be equipped a little bit. And that's what, our, that's what us and Shafa are doing at the moment back in South Africa. Just how do we, how do we take the next step to, 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 to equip people to be healed? And uh, maybe this will start maybe next year. Um, but God wants... 
God uses doctors. He uses nurses. He uses uses science. But sometimes he uses psychiatrists and he uses psychologists. But sometimes they can't get to where he gets to. (laughs) And uh, the scripture also says in Matthew chapter 19, it says nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible. And uh, in Mark chapter 10, it says all things are possible with God. Everything. You see, it's not, it's not me or you that's, that's going to bring the healing. We're just the facilitators of the Holy Spirit to bring healing in other people's lives. God, God uses people to bring healing into other people's lives in His name. <clears throat> And Jesus in in Mark chapter nine, uh, when uh, when 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 the, when the father this, this, the father brought uh, his his young boy to Jesus, who had an evil spirit, and uh, and and Jesus says says this in Mark chapter nine. He says, "Everything is possible for him who believes. Everything is possible." You see, we walk around with an impossible mind. We walk around sometimes, oh, it's too big for me. Nothing is too big for you. In Christ Jesus, nothing is too big. I'll tell you about my story just now. In verse 24 of that scripture it says, and the father had a bit of a problem. And, and Jesus said to him, if you believe, this, your boy can be healed. He says, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. So sometimes we have this, the worldly way of thinking instead of the godly way of thinking. And God wants to bring into the healing into the godly way so that we can say, Lord, with you, anything is possible. And so we say it so glibly sometimes, you know, that we actually say it, but we actually don't believe it. We need to get to the place where we, we can really believe from, from within that God can actually do it. Father, I pray, Lord, as we just continue, Lord, Father, that you just help us to just to change our, the attitude of our minds. Father, that we will just know that we can be able to come to you. And, Lord, that where we have this unbelief, or you cannot do it through me, or you cannot do it to me or for me, Father, I pray that you forgive us for that. Lord, that you will help us. To, to get a new mind in this area in Jesus' name. There's a, there's a man who had leprosy. Leprosy is a condition of the, of the, of the skin. And, and these lepers used to have a, a little bell that they would ring. So if they, while they were walking, everybody else was scattered around them. So they, they didn't contaminate anybody else. And this man with, with leprosy, he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus. Now I can just imagine Jesus standing here, the leper coming here, and everybody else dashes away. They're all over there somewhere. And they say, what? Careful, Jesus, he's got a leper. He says, I, I can handle it. And this leper comes in and he says, Lord, if you are willing. If you are willing. You see, that's the doubt. Lord, are you willing to bring healing into my life? And he's, Jesus says, yes, I'm willing. And he, and, he, and he goes and touches the man. And he gets healed. You don't touch a leper. You don't touch the lepers. It's, it's taboo. How many people 
walk through our doors here sometimes and we think they're lepers, you know. They don't show it on their skin, but we just, ah, they've had to spend a bad life or a prostitute or comes in and we treat them like lepers. No, Jesus didn't do that. He loved them. How many, how many prostitutes got saved and got, got healed just because they were willing to come to him with their issues and he, he got them healed? There's a, that centurion, you all, all know the story in Matthew chapter 8 of that, this, this centurion um, uh, who is a centurion is an is a army, army guy with, with, with rank. He must have had a rank of some, side, some sort. And he comes uh, and he says, I've got a servant who's not here but is at home. I don't know where, 10 miles away maybe. And he says, would, would, you, would you heal my servant? And, and Jesus says, didn't ask him how far is it, how long will it time, lunchtime or whatever. He says, yes, I will go with you. And the centurion who understands authority because he, he, he is a person of authority, he's under himself under authority, he understood authority. And he said, and he wasn't even a saved guy. He wasn't, he was, he was, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a child of God, as you would say. And Jesus said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. And said, Lord, you don't have to go. I understand authority. All you need to do is say the word. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus himself said, I have never seen in all Israel a man with such faith. And then he didn't go to the, to the, to the to his servant. He says, your servant is healed. Because of the faith that you have. And you see, sometimes we need a bit of faith. Sometimes we need to say, Lord, please come and touch me. I know you can do it. And even your faith is as small as a mustard seed, he says. You can throw this mountain into the sea. You know, it's throw all the obstacles away. Just because you have a little bit of faith. He does amazing things. The centurion says to him, just give the word. You see... Jesus has the authority over sickness and disease. He has authority over demonic powers, over demons. He has authority over the weather. He even had authority over death. He has authority. And in Christ's name, in Jesus' name, he gives us this authority. He gives us the church. And if you, if you look at, if you've got your Bible here, go to Luke chapter 9. And verse 1 and 2. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. And it says something like, it says something like this. And, and Jesus called his, his disciples together. And, and in this he says to them, I restore to you, I give you power and authority to do four things. And the four things were to drive out demons, cure diseases, preach the kingdom of God, and to heal the sick. And the, and the, the, the 90% of Jesus' ministry was doing just those things. He went around. And he says, I am restoring this, which Adam lost. Because in, when Adam, when he fell, before that, there was no sicknesses and diseases. And he said, now I'm restoring that to you. And so he restores it to them. And he says, this, now, and this is the church. This is for us. 
This is, what, this is the work that he's called us as a church to do. To preach the gospel. Which I'm trying to do this morning. To drive our demons. To, to, uh, to cure diseases and to heal the sick. And how many of us are sick? And how many of your family are sick? And your friends are sick? And your people at work are sick? <laughs> He's given you the authority to go out and do it there. You don't have to come here. You can do it right there. And I want to see this go into the marketplace. Because at, in the marketplace, that is where the, the action is going to take place. And Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law in, in Matthew chapter 8. And she had a fever. And she goes, he goes up to, to her and he, all he does is just touch her hand. And the fever left. Now, I've got, got a testimony of that. One Christmas, remember, Beryl, when Michael was still in the army? I was, uh, I was at home, and Michael was, in, uh, was here on, on leave. Uh, came home for leave. And, uh, and I had flu. I mean, I was, it was mid-summer. It was mid-December. We have, we have summer in December. <laughs> so it was mid-December. And, and I was under a, under a sleeping bag. I was under a duvet. I was freezing cold. I was just shivering. Everybody was walking. I was freezing with, 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 a, with, with, um, with a fever. And you know what? I got up and the Lord said, you pray. You worship me. And so while they were at church, I walked around the house and I just called out to the Lord. And, and for about 15, 20 minutes, and I, I got back under my duvet. And about 10 minutes later, I could feel something lift off me. It was like, it was gone. Michael and, and, and Berlin and, and the kids came back from, from church, and Michael bought me a good, uh, get well card. And, uh, and, and, and I was up, I hadn't eaten for four days. I had the Sunday lunch, uh, and I was 100% from that moment on. You know, when we... We're not desperate enough to call out sometimes on the Lord. You know, sometimes we get this rejection or we've been abused as kids or when we were children and we have emotional pain and fear and, and guilt and, and failure. Failure was another, another area in my life which, which I was very good at failing at. Everything, anything. I, 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 had, I had this failure syndrome that I... I couldn't do anything. Well, I didn't want to do anything because I know I was going to fail. Even at school, I didn't like anybody to come and pat me on the head and say, when I was a little guy, pat me on the head and say, well done. I would think, no. you know, but I, was, I would rather rebel. And, and when I failed at doing something or failed an exam, it was easy for me to accept failure than to accept a patent head, well done. It was easier for me. And I tell you, I, when I met Beryl, I mean, she, she walked that road with me, and, to, to say, and she would also say, even now, today, you can do it, you can do it. I mean, to have a wife long next year to say you can do it, it is, all helps towards that, that healing. But I tell you what, it, I, was, I was ill in that area. I needed to be healed of this the sense of failure. God doesn't make failures. He doesn't. And the story. 
I'm going to just give one more now. I'm going to stop off. There's just so many stories here I've got. Jesus heals the paralytic. You know that paralytic, his, 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 uh, his friends bring him on a, on, on a, on a stretcher. And, uh, and Jesus was t- speaking in the house. And, uh, and his, his four mates bring him up onto the roof. And they, they scratch away the, all the, the mud and the, whatever the roof is made of. Can you imagine all the stuff falling on the people here? And, and people shout, hey, what are you doing? You know? and, uh, and they let this guy through. And Jesus never said to the guy, what, you're messing up the house. He saw their desperation. He didn't say a word. And they let him down. And what did he see? He saw their faith. And they wanted to help his, their, his, their friend. And as, he, as they let him down, he looks at this young man and he says this. He says to him, young man, or son, he says actually, son, your sins are forgiven. Here Jesus is actually saying to him, you are paralyzed because of sin in your life. It's the sin that, that got him to a state that he couldn't walk anymore. And because he had sinned, the enemy, called the enemy Satan, and his demonic realm, had locked into the body somewhere and was, was holding the, his body hostage in pain. And when he said, your sins are forgiven, I don't know if even this man said a prayer about saying, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Just through the faith that he had, your sins are forgiven. And you know what? He got up and he walked out of there. But he did say, don't do it again, otherwise it'll get worse with you. Forgiveness is probably one of the keys of healing. Forgiveness. There was a lady, and, 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 and a, sorry, a couple that came to, to our house one day. They had a very fa- they had a Bentley motor car, and they came to the house with this Bentley, brand new Bentley. Good parked outside the house there, <laughs> and uh, and 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 he got out, and uh, he opened the door for. The, for her, and I just thought, oh, he's still very—he's a gentleman, this guy. But she couldn't walk. Now we—we we actually knew the people, uh, and we—we we knew the family somewhat, not very well, but we knew of them through the church. And she got out of the car like this, and uh, and we know that they're really wealthy people, and they—they they came and we helped her into the into the into our lounge, and we sat her down. And uh, they tell us the story that that they've been all over the world. They've been to Germany. They've been to the States. They've been to England. They've seen doctors left, right, and center. And everyone wanted to operate. And they didn't feel that this was uh, an operational thing. They couldn't, because they couldn't see anything on the x-rays that was, was, or the MRI scans and things. And, uh, and so they, they came to us, and I thought to myself, now what must we say? If the, <laughs> if the doctors can't see anything, what must we say? And we knew by the story it could have been spiritual. So the Lord gave us a word. And the word was this. Do you have an issue with anybody else in your family? And they looked at each other, 
Now their son had just got married. Now we, I know the son. I, know him, I knew him fairly well. And, and I knew the son was mommy's boy. You know, she was, he was very close to mommy. And, but he had got married, and the daughter, now the da- his wife, this lady's daughter-in-law, uh, there must have been some issue there. Because they looked at each other, and I knew there was something coming up here. And they said, my daughter-in-law, I will never forgive her for what she had done. I didn't ask what she had done. But he, she wouldn't forgive. So I took this, I took this the scriptures, Luke chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 6, where, where Jesus says, Unless you forgive others their sins against you, your Father in heaven will not forgive you your sin. And she thought about it for a while. They discussed it. And she started to cry. And she cried and she cried. Eventually got to the place where she said, okay, if it's scriptural, I must forgive. And they started to pray because they were, they were mature Christians. So they just started to pray amongst themselves. And they started to forgive the, the daughter-in-law. And as she forgave, she was sitting on the, on, the, on the couch. Her back, her whole body went like this. Stiffened up and she rolled off our couch onto the floor. I thought to myself, this is going to be a court case. They're going to sue us for something here, you know. And she lay on the carpet there on, on our lounge and she cried and she cried and she cried. You know what? She got up from there. We didn't have to help her. We tried it. We wanted to help her. She says, no, no, leave me, leave me. She said, Afrikaans, lost me. And they got up and, and she was 100%. Totally healed. We didn't, we didn't even pray for her for healing. But when she forgave, God healed her. It was one of the most amazing things. We were at a church once, last one quickly. We were at a church, and, uh, down in George, actually. Uh, and, and, uh, and I was asked to preach there. And uh, during the worship, Bill gets his words, you know. And she says to me, I've got a word. You must please just build this word into your, into, your, uh, into your message. So I said, what is the word? He says, I've got a word that God wants to put uh, flesh on somebody's bones. So I said, how do I put this into my message? You know, this is nowhere near what I want to talk about. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I led over to, the, to the, the senior pastor and I said to him, Bell's got a word. He didn't even ask what it was. He grabbed her hand, just sort of in between the worship, took her up, and, uh, and then Bell gave the word. Is anybody here that God feels that they need flesh on their bones? Nobody. Anyway, go up, did my word. Afterwards, a guy comes up. And uh, I thought, oh my goodness, here we go. So he says, I'm that guy. So I said, well, what, what happened? What is, what is, why are you walking like that? Well, he's got a shoe. The one shoe is built up like this, and he was still walking like this. Do you remember the South Africans? You might know a guy by the name of um, Gene Rockwell. Do you remember Gene Rockwell? He was a singer, and he used to sing. You might know him. You remember him? Hot, you're driving me crazy. <laughs> he was, and Gene Rockwell in, was in a wheelchair, and this guy and his friends used to curse Gene Rockwell, because he 
Gene Rockwell was a Christian. And they used to curse him. And, uh, and a short while afterwards, he had this motor car accident, and, uh, and he himself then became this cripple. So, so he says that these one leg, he had, he had long pants on, but the, the one leg, apparently his muscle here, was, there was just half a muscle in his leg. And so we prayed for him. You know what? That leg grew. To the, to the length of the other leg, his hips were put into place. Were, they were, the hips were like, his hips came into place. Now he was walking the other way around. You know? Because and the next morning we were, at, uh, we were at, the, um, at, the, at one of the shopping malls. And there he came with a bag. Him and his wife came with a bag of sh- shoes. And I said, Have you, are you selling your shoes somewhere? says, no, these are all my shoes with the bolt up thing. He's taking the, the heels off. And we saw him a couple of years ago. Uh, he's still totally healed. Hallelujah. You see, when God wants to do something, it's just amazing. But we, we have to say also, why would God want to heal us? if we still knowingly and willingly want to sin. If we are still in that sinful situation, and we come to God, Lord, will you please heal me of something? And he does heal us, we're going to think, God healed me, and so he's okay with me doing what I'm doing. And God is saying, no, no. He doesn't want that. He wants to us to come out of that place where I just want to read a scripture to you, and I'm going to stop, stop, and then we're going to we're going to pray. We want to we want to quote things like like Exodus 15, where it says. I am the Lord that heals you. How many times have we quoted that scripture? I am the Lord that heals you. And we say, yes, yeah, and we say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, we must read the other, the other part of the scripture. He says, if you listen carefully to my voice, the voice of the Lord, your God, and do, do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all these decrees, only then, my brackets, I will, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the God that heals you. It's a condition to healing. We also quote the scripture, the truth will set you free, brother. The truth will set you free. The truth alone will not set you free. If you read John chapter 8, verse 31, it says, it says this, actually. If you hold unto my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. It's an if. And a but. And so we mustn't give people false hope. But say, the truth will set you free. No, no, no. Let's go back. 
if you hold to my teachings. In other words, if you are obedient to the way I've made you, it's like, a, it's like a, having a motor car. If you've got a brand new Mercedes-Benz, and or it doesn't have to be a brand new Mercedes-Benz, it can be any motor car, but you love your motor car. And, and you say, well, I like the motor car, but actually the manufact- manufacturer's handbook doesn't say I, can, I, I, I don't have to put sugar in my tank, in the petrol tank. You see, the Word of God, I've got a hefty one here. The Word of God tells us how to live life. And if we want to live life other than what he's saying, then we must, then we must expect something's going to go wrong. If you've got this brand new Mercedes Benz and you put sugar in the tank and you take it back to him, back to the manufacturer, the manufacturer's going to say to you, why did you put sugar in the tank? Oh, because I felt it was good, it was nice, I wanted a sweeter car. <laughs> or something like that. He says, well, we can fix it for you, but it's going to cost you. There is a consequence when we do anything out of God's word because the way God has manufactured us he gives us the instruction just as much as either Mercedes has manufactured their motor cars or the BMWs have manufactured their cars. You run it like this. This is the oil you put in. This is the tire pressures. And they tell you how to run it. And God wants us the same. I'd like to pray for us. Have you got your piece of paper? Bill, you got a word. Um, from the time that we came in, we were busy just worshipping the Lord. I just sensed that the Lord in this congregation wants to heal through families. That He He loves family. And sometimes he uses families to bring such deep healing into broken hearts because the world doesn't show loving families anymore. Many people don't have dads, many don't have moms, many don't have any parents. And I just sense that God wants to do something here through the families, through the loving parents, through the children. Uh, just to show the world out there that there's a role model here according to the word that is biblical, that is true, that is good, that is wholesome. And it's almost as if God is going to draw people in because they're going to, for the first time, see family. And even as you sit here as a group of people, you will be seen as a loving family because when people see you love one another, that is how the Lord shows that you are his disciples. And I just sense a very strong word of, of family and healing in, in, in people's lives through that. Thank you. I think, I think what Beryl is saying is that we're not only looking at physical healing, but it actually can bring change to circumstances. And, and in family, sometimes we need to bring, we need to say sorry to people. Sometimes we need to ask for forgiveness. 
Sorry I treated you this way. Because family is relationship. Fam- church family is relationship. And sometimes the, the enemy hates unity. Say so he wants to create disunity. And sometimes we need to, we need to handle disunity. And the only way we can handle it is by us ourselves taking the responsibility and saying, I'm sorry for what I did. And when that healing takes place, you'll see so many other things will come into a place and more blessings will flow. And, and, the, and the, the stroke of bad luck that we have, you know, we call it bad luck. It's not bad luck. It's, we cause the thing, you know, sometimes. And so, Father, I just say thank you. Thank you for your word, Lord. I'd like to ask you to just take that piece of paper and hold it in your hand. Hold it in your hand. And just put it in your clutch it like this, and we're going to pray over these things. And as I speak out, I want you to speak out. Just under your breath, just speak out. Lord, my, my tummy pain, you know, Lord, whatever that might be. The Lord has given me some, some words here, but I'm, I'm not going to speak them out here, but I've got... Oh, maybe I should. I, I, I just feel there's somebody with, uh, with uh, uh, skin disease, who's got something... Uh, not a skin disease, really, but just issues with the, with the skin. And, uh, and, and I've got headaches and also a stomach. I feel that there's folks here with, uh, with issues of the, of the tummy. And... Um, and also with uh, with back and neck pains. So if if you if you got that, then I'm, I'm sure the Lord would want to to touch into those area. You got that, okay? So Father, I just ask you, Lord, in, in those particular areas, Lord, Father, you will just come. I wonder if we shouldn't stand. Just let's come and stand, and just say, Lord, will you please come and touch me in those areas? Thank you. Lord, will you please come? Just lift your hand to the Lord. Thank you for that. Father, will you just please come and touch me in these areas? But Lord, I ask you also, Lord, that you would just forgive me for the way that I have I've been running my life. Lord, I want to I want to worship you but I also want to do what the world does. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will help me to come out from the world's system. And Lord, help me to make good decisions. Help me to make good decisions. Just in your heart, just say, Lord, help me to make those good decisions. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, not to, to do what the world does. Help me, Lord, to be able to, to read your word on a regular basis, Lord, that I can, I can know what your word and what you want and how to run life on this earth. Lord, you've put us here. You know exactly what's good for us, and that's why you gave us the Ten Commandments. Don't do this, don't do that, and don't do that. You gave it for a purpose. Because when we do these things, things will not go well with us. 
Father, we're sorry for the way that we've conducted our lives. And if there's anybody here that's, that's, that wants to make right with God, just in the quietness of your, of your heart, would you, would you like to say this prayer after me? And just to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Father God, will you please forgive me for all my sins? Father, forgive me for the way I've run my life. The way I've conducted my life. Forgive me for the way that I've used your name as a swear word. Father, forgive me for all my sins. And I choose now to forgive myself for the way and the things of what I've done and the things I've said. Lord, please, I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I make a free will choice. And I want to invite you, Lord, to come into my heart. Come into my heart now, Lord, please. I invite you. I receive you, Lord. If you just received the Lord, if you just invited the Lord Jesus into your heart for the first time, you're now born again by the Spirit of God. Father, thank you. And Father, for for for, for some of us who may have maybe backslidden a little bit and, or living a double life. Lord, I pray, Lord, that it'll go well with my soul. Lord, sorry for living this double life. Lord, I recommit my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be your disciple, Lord. And now, Father, I ask you, Lord, that this that I have in my hand, these 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 requests we are bring to you Lord Father I pray Lord that you will come and touch into every body here now in Jesus name every body soul and spirit Father that you will just come bring healing into backs into uh, into those headaches Lord Father I pray Lord in the skin disease oh, Lord I just break the power of the enemy over skin disease and those backs in Jesus name Father, we pray that you, you will lift off Kundalini Spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name. We just break the power of that, of that body and leg and neck pains in Jesus' name. We say, come right off now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have no authority in this place. And Father, I pray that you will bring healing. Lord, I would just say, Lord, I just can't ask you, do I receive that healing. I just say to him, Lord, I receive that healing into that area that I've written down in this piece of paper. I receive now, Lord. I receive that healing. I receive that healing, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, I just say thank you. Father, where there's eyes, Lord, that, that, um, that need a touch from you. Father, I pray that you bring healing into eyes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just pray also for, there's somebody here, I believe, I've just felt the Lord saying, there's, there's, you've got an issue in your a lady here was in your womanly area. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will just bring healing. Bring your healing, Lord, into into the into that woman's area, Lord. Please, I pray you know exactly where it is, Lord. Father, I pray that you will just bring healing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we pray your touch in Jesus' name. Father, we just say thank you. Thank you, Lord. And the word also tells us now 
that we need to anoint the sick with oil. So if you if you want to, uh, if you want the Lord to just to change whatever you've written on there and change your your situation. If you're looking for a job, just just let's come forward. Let's anoint you and for your the sickness. Let's anoint you for that for that issue that you've got. And you, I'm not asking you to speak it out. I'm not going to ask you at all. In Jesus' name, would you please come? Just just come up front here, and it's a sign of to say, Lord, I just come.